Welcome to the Vedic Mythology, Music, and Mantras podcast. I'm Ben Collins. This podcast takes an entertaining and informative look at some of the inspiring and humorous stories of India's Vedic tradition, followed by recordings of Vedic and other mantras being chanted by traditional Brahmin priests. Show notes and other materials can be found at puja.net, P-U-J-A dot N-E-T. Thanks for joining us. This week I'm beginning a series on Shiva because Sunday, February 26th, is Shiva Ratri, the night of Shiva. Before I get into that, I want to express my thanks to all of you for your continued encouraging emails. I'm going to be back on my weekly schedule from now on. Shivaratri is a festival that is rich with tradition and it culminates on Sunday the 26th this year when devotees spend the day doing pujas and then continue all night long with big pujas every couple of hours. The last puja is usually completed at 6 a.m. and the drive home from the temple in the dawn light is one of the nicest experiences of the year. Shiva's Gayatri Mantra is Tat Purushaya Vidmahe Mahadevaya Dimihi Tano Rudra Prachodayat and a liberal translation might be something like to the embodiment of truth to that great god I pray that Rudra will destroy my ignorance. In the West, Shiva is often referred to as the destroyer. While this is correct, I think it's a little too limited to actually reflect his role in Vedic mythology. Typically, Brahma is the creator, Vishnu the maintainer or protector, and Shiva the destroyer of creation. But a closer examination shows that Shiva could also be considered to be the one god most powerful above all the others, and there are many stories that tend to back up that perspective. But of course, one of the interesting things about the Vedic tradition is that, as someone once said, there are thousands of deities, all of whom are the boss. Now, Shiva is an interesting deity because he's usually depicted as being outside of creation, smeared with ashes, an ascetic, disinterested in material life, meditating in the Himalayas, surrounded by demons and all sorts of scary creatures. But Shiva, like all the gods, is partly reality and partly an embodiment of truth as seen from a certain angle. So one perspective on Shiva is that he represents the ultimate truth that transcends material creation and that one must, at least symbolically, be willing to lose everything in order to find it. Shiva has a wife who, in her first form, was known as Sati, the daughter of a king named Daksha. One day, Daksha decided to have a big fire sacrifice, or Yagya, and he invited all the deities except Sati, his daughter, and Shiva, her husband, to attend. Now, Sati found out about this and was upset at the snub of her husband and asked Shiva permission to go to speak with Daksha to find out why and what was going on. Now, Shiva refused and explained to her that as a result of an ancient dispute, the gods had refused to give him a share of any yagyas. But Sati was so upset that she went anyway, but her father would not relent and said that Shiva was unfit to attend because he was wild, he was always just meditating, covered in ash, sitting in cemeteries, and associating with rather unsavory creatures. 
Sati was crushed by this insult, having disobeyed Shiva. She couldn't just return home, and being so offended by her father, she couldn't stay where she was. So she stepped into the Yagya fire and left Earth. Now Shiva soon found out what had happened and was furious. He and all his attendants went to Daksha's Yagya and started to destroy it. Now the descriptions of this are really great and rather humorous as uh, Shiva's attendants extinguished fires with blood, ate the humans who were there for the event, and seized the celestial ladies who were treated most rudely. Even the moon had his nose broken. Now the sacrifice, the Yagya fire, took uh, the form of a deer and tried to run away. But Shiva ran after it. And as he ran, a drop of sweat formed on his brow and fell on the ground. And from where it fell, a great demon sprang to life. And this demon was small in stature with blood-red eyes and a green beard. And the creature captured the sacrifice in the form of the deer and consumed it. And then, full of anger, he started in the direction of the deities and the rishis, all of whom scattered and ran away in fear. Now quickly, Brahma, the creator, found Shiva and begged him to recall this creature who had, of course, the power to destroy all of creation. And Brahma suggested that Shiva should divide the creature in many parts just to minimize his power. So <clears throat> Brahma also said that Shiva should receive a portion of Egvriyagya from now on. And Shiva agreed to this deal. And to this day, the portion of the demon that remained on earth is called fever. And it affects both man and beast alike in the form of various heat-related diseases. Now, in any event, Shiva soon realized that his wife Sati was around no more, and he was rather despondent. Now, in his grief, he took her body and was carrying it on his back as he wandered around India in his uh, Great Depression. And, of course, due to his neglect, creation now became in trouble because without the force of destruction, life cannot progress, people can't die, the old could not give way to the new, and out of concern for the balance of creation, Vishnu attempted to, to talk to Shiva, who ignored him. So Vishnu took his weapon, called the Sudarshana Chakra, which is a discus made of light, which originally was a piece of the sun and was given to him by Shiva. And he would throw this discus at Sati's body and cut it apart piece by piece without Shiva noticing. And so bit by bit he cut it off and piece by piece and eventually there was nothing left. And he pointed this out to Shiva and said, see, you know, she's gone. Just go back to your job as the destroyer so that the universe can run properly. Now, interestingly, any place where a piece of sati fell has become a special place in India for the goddess. And there are, of course, temples there. And Kanchipuram, which is where we have our Pujanet Yagya facility, uh, about an hour from Madras in South India, is where sati's navel fell. And it's known as a place for moksha or enlightenment. And there's a wonderful, very, very large, uh, powerful uh, uh, goddess temple in the center of Kanchipuram. And all temples in uh, Kanchipuram point or face towards that temple for the goddess. 
So back to our story, and at this point, Shiva returns to the Himalayas to go back to uh, live alone and to spend most of his time in meditation, which ultimately caused problems too, but that's another story for another podcast. Shiva is often worshipped in the form of a lingam, which is an egg or oval-shaped stone, various sizes, And these stones are unique and generally come from the Narmada River in northern India. And as with everything in the Vedic tradition, there's many layers of understanding and symbolism wrapped up in this. One perspective is that Shiva represents the immovable Brahman, the Absolute, and the stillness of deep meditation, just as mountains radiate both power and stillness. So the stillness of the stone lingam is a reminder of Shiva's meditating in the Himalayas. And in the Hindu tradition, there is a form of praise known as an ashtakam, which is a song that contains eight verses in praise of a particular deity. And in an earlier podcast, I played the Lakshmi ashtakam. And today I'm going to play a rendition of Linga ashtakam, eight verses in the praise of Shiva in the form of the Shiva Lingam. Now, this version was recorded quite some time ago and is sung in a popular style rather than traditional religious style, and it's quite interesting and enjoyable. Uh, My guess is that it was recorded in the 60s. So here's Linga Ashtakam, and thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. शोभितलिंगम जन्मज दुख विनाशकलिंगम तत्प्रणमामित सदाशिवलिंगम देवमुनि प्रवरार्चितलिंगम कामदहल करुणाकरलिंगम Shakalingam Tat Pranamami Sadashivalingam Sarva Sugadha Sulepitalingam Uddhivi Vardhana Karanalingam Siddha Surasura Valditalingam Tat Pranamami Sadashivalingam Kanaka Mahamani Bhushita Lingam Panipati Veshtita Shobhita Lingam Dakshasu Yajna Vinashana Lingam Tat Pranamami Sadashivalingam Chandanalepitalingam Pankajahara Sushobhitalingam Sanchita Papavinashanalingam Tatranamami Sadashivalingam
ಸೇವಿತಲಿಂಗಂ ಭಾವೈರ್ಭಕ್ತಿಭಿಲೇವಚಲಿಂಗಂ ದಿನಕರಕೋಟಿ ಪ್ರಭಾಕರಲಿಂಗಂ ತಣಮಿ ಸದಾಶಿವಲಿಂಗಂ ಅಷ್ಟದಳೋಪರಿವೇಷ್ಟಿತಲಿಂಗಂ ಸರ್ವಸಮುದ್ಭವ ಕಾರಣಲಿಂಗಂ ಅಷ್ಟದರಿದ್ರವಿನಾಶನಲಿಂಗಂ ತಣಮಿ ಸದಾಶಿವಲಿಂಗಂ ಸುರಗುರು ಸುರವರ ಪೂಜಿತಲಿಂಗಂ ಸುರವನ ಪುಷ್ಪ ಸದಾರ್ಚಿತಲಿಂಗಂ ಪರಮ ಪರಂ ಪರಮಾತ್ಮಕಲಿಂಗಂ ತಣಮಿ ಸದಾಶಿವಲಿಂಗಂ ಲಿಂಗಾಷ್ಟಕಮಿದಂ ಪುಣ್ಯಂ ಯ ಪಠೇಚ್ಚಿವ ಸನ್ನಿಧೌ ಶಿವಲೋಕಮವಾಪ್ನೋತಿ ಶಿವೇನ ಸಹ ಮೋದತಿ